Welcome back to New Persuasive Words. I'm Scott Jones. And I'm Bill Bohr. I'm Doug Padgett. Doug Padgett is in the bunker. I, Doug, in all seriousness, and I'm saying this, it, this is all sincere. I've never seen Bill this excited. <laughs> really? Yeah. For someone right, right, yeah. right. right. Yeah. This, this, look, look, this is me excited. Yeah. Well, Bill, it's, right. I can see it. I can this see is me it sad. Pretty lips. Uh, <laughs> It is, Does he have Avenatti lips? It, it is. It is uh, a real honor to, to be here. I feel a bit like him in the movie The Room. <laughs> you guys are. Uh, <laughs> oh. Give me. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of you two, and uh, well, I'm a big fan here. of you. We're well, fans of you. Here we are. We do. Well, we fan appreciate. Boy, it's fanboy week. Let me tell you, if you wanted to check out Doug's podcast, if you don't know anything about it, which yeah. you should listen well, immediately. But if you wanted to know more about it, I would say go to the untrumped version because that is, I thought... Gold, baby. I mean, you sat down as a pastor Mm -hmm. trying to find another pastor that supported Donald Trump and continued to support for understanding so you could interpret the country. And you're like, I'm not trying to change anyone's mind. I mean, you guys get in spirit discussion, but you didn't go into this like a a debate as much as an exercise and understanding. And I thought... a, like, let me just say, aside from the fact that I completely believe in the morality and, and the vision of what you're doing, it was also great radio. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, the was, production. I mean, it was just amazing. Week, week, A, it was great radio. Two, it was. Yeah. Two, it was actually, two, two is actually something orange. that would help the world. Roman yeah. numeral yeah. seven. Yeah. Now, one of the things I thought we were talking about uh, in the green room. Oh, we, wait. They wanted, Doug came out to LA, NPW next. Yeah, we, yeah. We're willing to come out. We there. are willing Why to come out. At this point, we might come with Doug. I mean, like. We could take this on the road. Ryan, you could hook us up out there. We could, uh, we'd love to come out, give you enough time to plan a little event with us. But we were talking, we don't really have a green room. I just Ah, said that. By the way, Kenneth Tanner from Michigan says, in the bunker, Doug, you thought the bunker was deeper than it was. I, I, I did. I thought the bunker was at least six feet deep. It's not. <laughs> we it actually, is. we actually filmed our own version of Dunkirk, uh, the movie down here. And we're consulting with Westworld. Westworld, for, yeah, like, right, like right. One of the one of the scenes where they disembowel one of the <laughs> right. Um, I have a samurai costume right over here, but I'm going to come charge at the end. No, but Doug, before we were talking, um, and what I thought was great about that series you did was. You know, we were just, you and I had a discussion briefly about the whole problem of tribalism. And the temptation is to answer tribalism with tribalism, but that's not a Christian option. The problem with tribalism is (laughs) it exists in the shithole countries, right? They're tribes. I mean, this this is why we want people from Norway. I mean, we can't have immigrants from countries where they're tribes. That's why tribalism is a problem. No more immigrants. How many Norwegians want to come here, Donald? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I not, mean, look. It's not the 1930s. I'll tell them all that this is, by the way, the same In fact, impression. Minnesota this is, is the full. same impression. I oh. will just say, look, uh, all American women look like Ivanka, my girlfriend. I mean, daughter. And <laughs> oh, you so get an Ivanka when you come, and <laughs> you will get them. Ouch. I, I used that one so early. Colin, that was, that yeah. was a bad use. Sorry. That was a bad use. But Colin, anyway, it's, it's one. And it's, it's calling, calling Dr. Jim Kirk's is number one. Calling Dr. Freud on that one. But anyway, so, but, I mean, when you when you can see it, like like uh, Donald 
Jeez, I've been with him too yeah. long. Yeah, <laughs> but Scott, like Scott said, uh, it was it was a very interesting listen. But uh, what were what was your what was your reason? I mean, what was your motivation for doing it? It was, and this is going to sound uh, uh, like I'm not telling the truth. Uh, it was really, truly for me to try to understand. Yeah, no, that... and I knew that if I had to do so, if people don't know. We did a live stream weekly conversation on Thursday nights for seven weeks where uh, the goal was for me to try to understand how someone who's Christian and pastor and has a pastor sensibility responsibility could support Donald Trump. I found it to be impossible to wrap my mind around. And I really wanted to understand. And I know enough about myself that uh, I am a better version of myself when I'm under the crucible of of um, not just having my own thoughts running through my head. So I, I wanted to have to talk to him live in front of people. So we we agreed to do it live on Facebook and record it as a podcast with no edits and to have to be on, on, on my own understanding while knowing that other people have to watch me try to understand. That, that made me be more attentive. Um, not that I was more dishonest, I would have been dishonest, but uh, I wanted to be more tuned in. Yeah. Can I I'm ask you this? Is that. this because it's an eight on the Enneagram that when you're leaning into your best self, you go to the two? I think so. Yeah. You become softer and more giving. You become passionate about and attentive to others, caring. I think he's and you mocking learn to me value now. I'm picking that up now. I others' beliefs. <laughs> and see others as equal. It exposes your tenderness and vulnerability. Uh, it makes you emotionally expressive, and your inner child feels safe and finally gets to come out. For it's me, actually exactly yeah. exactly what I was getting at. It's for, the any app. I, I know. For and, me, when the moon is in the seventh sky and Jupiter aligns with Mars. Oh. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, that's that's, that's pretty much he, what I feel. I almost it's, it's a bit used of a the Trump. Dawning I almost impression there yeah. and i restrained myself I, I would just love for you to get them all out of your system <laughs> no no <laughs> right out of the shoot no. uh, hey here's a, here's a secret you might not know uh i get super uncomfortable uh n- not for other people for me uh when people do imitations because i could never do an imitation like when i see people doing it i'm like oh how are they doing that how is that possible I'm not good at it. But I'll how, tell you, how do you how do you get yourself to do an imitation? No, I, I want to be a student of this, but I'll tell you, Stern interviewed Bourbon. Well, that's <laughs> Stern interviewed like Dana Carvey last uh-huh. year, and Carvey gave this. I, I'll post it in the show notes. Like he gave this whole thing about how to do impressions, and he just started like he even taught him how to do an Obama. Like you just he watches lots of videos and gets into the like. The, oh, so oh, okay. I mean, here's the thing, Doug. I mean. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's cadence. It's cadence. It's, it's, it's the thing. No, is no, like, I don't mean the technical side. I mean, for you to say to yourself, uh, I'm now going to perform this act. It's, it's like a magic. It's, it's like a I transformation. Think the, I, it freaks I me out. I think there are two kinds of. It's, it's like watching people with ventriloquists. I think it there are two kinds out. of impressions. And, and karaoke. And dolls. Dolls actually freak me out too much. Have you seen the show, Dolls? Their eyes are always open. They're staring at you. Clowns. Creepiest, like little fake, I, don't like, I don't like clowns. Like little fake people. Their eyes open all the time. <laughs> Connies. Connies. Yeah, and they're always, <laughs> and they're always girls. Dolls. There's only, there's only so two weird. things I can't stand. It's, <laughs> it's in the intolerant <laughs> and the Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> By the way, we have, two, we have Josh Redder oh, saying, God, our, is... Josh Redder is one of our biggest fans, and he's just a great guy in Ohio. Yes, thank you. And really? someone, Ryan, what number am I? Someone just asked yeah, you a number. I, I know. Bill is a two. And so let me tell you, Bill. Bill, you're a two. Yes. He's a giver. What? 
Yes! That's my secret. I've though. never seen a two with the kind of like dry affect that you, he, that you he's, put out. You seem integrated in the podcast. You don't seem like you're begging for love and for acceptance and to be to be uh, useful well, and helpful. I'll tell you what. In the podcast, he's integrated. And so when two oh. goes to four, oh. they accommodate others' needs less. They're open to their own inner experience and practice self-care. They accept a long-avoided <laughs> sense of loneliness and unworthiness. Yeah, they really learn sh- to say no and set appropriate boundaries, and it taps into and expresses creative and artistic energies. Huh. Are you sure you're a two? I'm not sure anything yes. about that. I, like, I would say Bill is huh. definitely a two. That's great to know. I, like, I've, I, I, many of the people I love most in this world are twos. Twos are amazing. Twos twos are the best. Not a bad thing in the world to say about them. I think it's my public, public versus private. Oh. So I think our public versus pastoral. Okay. So it's a different roles. Can I I say too, you know Suzanne Stabile, the Enneagram person? I do know Suzanne I just sent her a point. She said that her daughter is an eight. And her daughter said that the eight, eight is stuck safe, the challenger. Her daughter said, look, I don't know about the golden rule because I treat others as I want to be treated and everybody backs off because eights are like in your face. <laughs> like I write an ex- email exchange with Nadia Boltz Weber once who's an eight. And I just said something really in her face in response to her email. And she was like, so warm in the next email, right? Eights want to be like, you want intense engagement, like on the front end, to know if, like, if, if it's safe. Yeah, it's always it's always about testing boundaries and seeing yeah. if you're safe. The thing that strikes strikes me about it did too. You, did, did did I help you by making you make finish your own chair? Like that's in your face. I did have to literally <laughs> make my own stool to sit yeah. in the bunker. So yeah. so so lest you not think this is just an honor. It's an honor you earn with a ratchet. I mean, I, I mean, drill. I mean, you give a man a stool, he sets once. <laughs> But you make him build his own stool, and he tells he you says for the, the rest of his and, life. And he tells and he you about fly, the tushy. And he can fly home and think, yeah, that guy literally made me build my own stool. Um, it's like think, Air, Air Morocco. If, you, if you're in the right seat, you get to fly the plane. <laughs> but I've never known a two to be as uh, sort of sassy and dry and sort of, you know, uh, a kind, of, kind of pokey. I think some of that's gender too, like male, like gender. Oh, what, what what gender do you identify? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not putting. I mean, it what on day you. is? I can what, tell you that. What day is it? He, he identifies as Kardashian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've known a lot of a lot of men, uh, but maybe maybe it's a male too thing. I don't. Yeah. Can well, I ask both of you well, guys cheers, a question? Cheers to knowing more about the two. Cheers, cheers to knowing about the two. Can I ask both of you a question? What are, What are you on the on the Enneagram? Uh, the worst you? type. Oh, you're one. <laughs> No. Oh, you're a four? Oh, you're four. a seven? Four. Oh, you're a nine? Oh, four. You're... Four. Wait a minute. Can I just ask? <laughs> that was you a, say jo- the worst a joke, kind? by the way. Can yeah, I yeah, say yeah, you're yeah, the worst yeah. guy? Just you just please. named all the numbers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, don't. It was a that, joke. Four. That was I mean, an anthropological statement there. Yeah. yeah a four is uh, It's a tough. Everything but the first line was a joke. It's a tough. Yeah. That's no, a... fours aren't the worst. Fours right. are lovely. It's kind. They're all lovely. I want to ask you guys a question. Yeah. Do you... Either of you or both of you, I, I think I know the answer to one of these, but I think, do you guys still identify as evangelical? No. Yes. Wow. Here it is, buddy. Yeah. Gang, everybody out there on Radio Land, that was great radio. <laughs> all right. Boy, so, the energy so was built where do there. we go for there? So, all right. Like, Bill. Well, on the podcast, you... I guess they need to know who answered what, unless they've. Yeah. Well, Bill, Bill said, said no. no. 
And Doug said yes. And, okay, so I'm, th- I'm thinking, like, this is fascinating. Like, wh- why don't you and why do you? And should Bill and shouldn't Doug go? <clears throat> well, why, Doug, you're the guest. You go first. See, there's the two on the Enneagram. Yeah, here's, here's why I, I identify as evangelical. I recognize it as the social placement of my religious experience in the in the uh, the landscape of religion in North America, I don't use it as a self identifier as an identity formating f- forming uh, notion of myself. I use it to recognize that there is a category of evangelical, and by all definitions of that category, compared to mainline Catholic, Orthodox. Uh, 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 of the Protestant ver- variety, or in, uh, this is on a census. It's your ethnicity. Yeah, essentially, it's your social your social construct. Yeah. Uh, I'm an evangelical, right? I mean, my conversion story, the church that I run, like, th- there's no running from that. I think it's really a problem when someone uses that social location as a self identity. So I would suggest that people should see themselves as an evangelical in their social religious cultural placement, but not use it as their self-identity of how they would um, recognize themselves and the people they want to hang around with in the world. So like if I were to walk around and say, I'm a middle-class, middle-aged white male and be like, that's how and I tall. see myself. And tall. And tall. That's, <laughs> that's how I see myself versus that's how others see me. Right. So the difference between those, how you're socially located and how you self understand, I think we, I think if we can't make a, a, a distinction between those two, we're in real trouble. And I think a lot of evangelicals have gotten into a lot of trouble, uh, in the 1990s and 2000s because they couldn't recognize their social religious location from their self identity. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's, 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 it's where I am right now, which is why I organize progressive evangelicals, right? I'm like, hey, if you are someone who's progressive and you're put into this category, you should be hanging around the other people and not, and not feel like you're, you're without a, without a, um, a do you community. meet people that organize regressive evangelicals? Yeah. Yeah. They're, you know, the Reformed Church of America. <laughs> they're, 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 they're taking up that. They're taking up that. Okay. Bill, <laughs> Bill, <laughs> Bill. No, I feel like, uh, at a presidential debate. Now, now, Bill, you have a retort for yeah, right. <laughs> No, no, no retort. No. So, what, how do, so why not? Well, first, I think I have a deep appreciation for it. I mean, I have – it's like um, – I mean, I'm, I don't live in West Virginia. I only lived there for seven years. But if people ask where – you know, I'm, I'm a West Virginian, you know. Yeah. So I feel that way. But I don't, it's not my home anymore. And – I'm deeply indebted to really a lot of a wide swath of the yeah nice uh, swath of the. Um, Can of I the, just interrupt for a second to say Adam Schindler is watching? Oh, it's great, Adam. The guy who he cheers did to you. The, oh, thank you. Know, That's good. Yeah. As is my friend Benjamin Cohen, who is coming out with a great podcast next week. Uh, our friend in Israel. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think I'm. I'm very grateful for you know. I. I, I mean, I Newman's kind of evolution is is instructive for me and so i i'm very maybe your patron saint ah. i don't know if he's my patron saint but i appreciate it but i you know the bible christianity which i was reared in you know i've often said i could you know i had so many doubts about the faith but i could ever shake my grandmother's jesus which yeah. is still true but you know her her faith in christ and her relationship with jesus i mean 
St. Francis would have recognized it. Right. Um, right. It's so transcendent. I mean, she was a Methodist revivalist church, mm-hmm. but but her, her walk with Jesus was something that you could see in the best Christianity every century. So, you know, I was a Young Life Area director. I have credits from Fuller Theological Seminary. I was on the Evangelical for Social Action Board for eight years. So, I mean, I'm very thankful for that. Bill raises your... your yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying, so, but it's not from, from a... Theolo- for me, it's a theological... It's a theological move where I think, in some levels, was basically wrong with Protestantism. Uh, in many ways, evangelicalism... Other than the early morning church breakfast, what's wrong with Protestantism? Because yeah. <laughs> people just are not into that. No, but I, I think, and again, I, and I've said before, I'm, I'm, we, we often say we're accidental Protestants. I'm a protesting Catholic. There's still things to protest. But, you know, where I've been fed, I've been fed so much more from the Catholic mystical tradition as well as the Catholic social teachings. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, um, it, you know, I always said that uh, when I was a Princeton, of course, Bart was everywhere, and why I became an early church historian was I started reading the footnotes about Athanasius, and I said, you know what, I should learn the early church before I learned Bart, and that's began that journey. So, to me, I'm, I'm, to me, part of my, an essential part of my journey. I learned the Bible. I'm thankful that the fundamentalists taught me the Bible, and I'm thankful they taught me the Bible so well I couldn't be one anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my. So I, I have a deep appreciation. That's part of what makes me so angry because I don't recognize the kind of evangelicals that, you know, goose step behind Trump. Yeah. Well, and I would agree. And so, you know, there's a, I think we're in the 20 to 30% of, um, of socially recognized evangelicals. That's how I would uh, put myself is that we're in that category that of all the evangelicals, there's 20 to 30% who, Represent views that would be more like us, and sixty to seventy percent that and, represent and that, and Trump, and ten percent that are off. Maybe yeah. I, I, and we've talked about this so many times ad nauseum on the podcast. But yeah, like I think, and there's a right and left wing and a middle wing of that. Like Wheaton College, the kind of Shane Claiborne, Fuller Seminary. Like there's a whole like. It's a, it was a diverse. It's a very diverse. Yeah, but, but they don't tribe. And the eighty percent or the seventy percent, yeah, I think every religion devolves into folk religion at times, like yeah. just because right. of, you know we're in a world of finitude and huh. mythologies, and people are addicted to narratives that are comforting and not always true. And so, like, what's happening now is that the twenty percent, and again, there's a right and left, whatever. They're not affecting the eighty percent. The eighty percent are. This is populist folk religion. It, it would be like in the in the twelfth century, right, Bill? You know this stuff. Like your church historian, I'm not. Like I, I don't even play one on TV. <laughs> I don't even play one on YouTube. I, I play one but on the podcast, say, right? Like, like in, in the, many, you can find people doing all kinds of weird no, stuff I, I, in you, the hills. Uh, you can find. You don't have to. Nineteenth century. Nineteenth right. century was really weird in this country. Uh, Charlie Sheen winning. <laughs> no, but I do think. Dude, how many Charlie Sheens do I get? Oh, you you could have two of those. All right, I'll do my first one. But it costs you a Trump. It costs you a Trump. I want to take a brief moment to ask you a quick question. Do you like this podcast? Do you enjoy it? Do you look forward to listening to it while you do a morning, afternoon, or evening routine, or while you're exercising, or while you're caught frustrated in traffic? Do you tune into it because of the conversations you find here? If the answer to the aforementioned questions is yes, or even just a solid maybe, would you do something for me? Would you consider becoming a Patreon sponsor of the podcast for just five bucks a month? 
or more, it's for a good cause. You can help this podcast and one of the many others I do keep going. And you can help launch several other podcast projects I've got in the works. So I invite you to be a patron through Patreon of this, which I think is an art form you're enjoying and continue to enjoy. Again, any contribution is welcome, but for five bucks a month, you will get a shout out on the thank you roll call, which begins right now. Thank you, David Babico, Ellis Brazil, David Zoll, Sari Graham, Peter Steigerwald, Samantha Blythe, David Norling, Charlotte Donlin, Barry Stewart, Larry Rule, Stephen Lipless, John Schneider, Ben Crosby, Liam O'Brien, Jim Cress, Stephen Rowe, Ben DeHart, Jordan Morseberger, Josh Redder, Jennifer Underwood, Kai Whitpenig, Simone Garabedian, and Jim Kirk. If you want to join these patrons through Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash Scott Kent Jones. Thanks again for listening. And now back to the show. No, okay. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. No, but I guess the thing, of course, we're we're also acting as if evangelicalism is a definable thing. That's that's my point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not really. It's always been a wide swath. And it's, yeah. I mean, we. It's like the exercise I did in your church history class where I said, what's a sport? Yeah, because we're trying to talk about like liberalism, and, the, yeah. and like and so people are like, well, this, well, how do you define it? Well, it, it competition or, or against people, or there's a ball or this. So like people like know what a sport is, kind of, kind until of. you try to narrow it down, and and then it's just it's it's the Wittgensteinian yeah. kind of thing. It's a family resemblance more than an essence. By the way, nice. I was I was nice. the only one who defined sport as an evolutionary line that ends. Huh. No one else. No one else. <laughs> there's many times we're built. <laughs> No one else, because he's so far, so far ahead. He's so far ahead, he's or behind. Far, I could be so far behind. He's so far he's ahead. I'm like Doctor Who. I'm just yeah. not sure where yeah. I'm at. It's just not sure where you're. So I, I, I would be glad way, to drop the term evangelical if it wasn't a a persistent and I think going to be a persistent social religious category in the United States. So people can say all they want. I'm out of that, but I'll tell I've hung around as a progressively minded religious person, an active religious person. I've been in lots of interfaith environments. Do you know what I'm called in every one of those environments with Protestants, Catholics, and people of non-Christian religion? The evangelical. It it's not you don't have the choice. I mean, this is one of the things for and I'm not speaking of you personally, but the, the idea that some of us as even by the way you touched as Bill white, you touched Bill more times in the bunker than I've ever touched. And as, and now you now I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel like the president of France. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pulling you in. Does with he have my, dandruff? Does he have dandruff? I'm you in. Maybe Doug has dandruff. Boy, I do see shirt. I do see Trump as an unhealthy enneagram eight. But anyway, um, no, he's a three. Uh, Susan Stabile says he's a three. I know she does. because he's not. I didn't think I'd have to use eight, the water bottle and, on you. And and an eight would have more guts. Like an eight, an eight, yeah, an eight. Overplaying the game. I don't think. I think the three. I think Stabile's right. But um, by the way, can we the, could we do another follow up episode? We could do it remotely for new persuasive words. Where you just pitch the enneagram. By, by the way, can I just say when you two are sure. doing this, it reminds me of a time I'm sitting at a small cafe somewhere in Morocco. And I'm the only American there, and, and I'm participating in the conversation. and don't understand a damn thing anybody's saying. I just want to... That was me in the whole pre-conversation. That, 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 well, that, that, uh, I'm having flashbacks. I just need some good French pastry, and I'd be fine. So, so one of the things that, that tends to happen to white male evangelicals is they, we tend to have been cultured to believe, oh, 
we will just decide. And this isn't directed specifically. I, I feel. I feel. I feel. It's totally directed me. Go ahead. We. <laughs> We, we, we will just, uh, we will say, oh, we will decide we are not that anymore, and I won't take that title. And, I'll, and then the people are like, no, you're still an evangelical. I'm like, nope, I'm going to pick another one. And it doesn't recognize that our own decision about not being socially placed there is not responded to by others. So I've watched, and I've been a part of this too, my, in 25 years. And I mean, I got into Christianity you know, as a late teenager, I have no vested interest in evangelicalism. I, I, thing. I, I, I don't I, yeah. care. What I do know is other people are like, look, man, there's a category of religion and you're one of these. Now, it, I get how, it. How, I don't know how, how all your you, people, but you, you think, don't get to decide you're going to drop that term. The rest of us, we're still using it. How much do you think that is because you're relatively extrovert, at least in your yeah. And also entrepreneurial. Well, and, so and that, I'm so public. The, I would say if it's you're public, public and entrepreneurial, like, well, Catholics don't seem most like that or pride or that. Well, you seem like you, you seem like you know how to run things. But, you must be an evangelical. But by the way, what, what happens if the, what happens if the evangelicals vote you off the island? Right? I've been voted off. Oh, I've been, I've been voted <laughs> off. Voted off more I know you have. And you have, Bill. No, I do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Doug is, no, I mean, the people that, who is, yell at me most about like, look, People don't be confused by that by that that wolf in sheep sheep's clothing. He's not an evangelical. We know what an evangelical is, and then they describe something that is precisely me. And I, I don't I don't I, I, I'm stuck with it. That's that's my that's that's my that's as in the final words pitch. as in the words of the late great. Well, go ahead. Even as a Fuller grad, I don't know many under 30 that have ever identified with the evangelical term. I don't know. Yeah. You could be a righteous Ryan, rocker or a holy Ryan, roller. I love you to death, and I will tell you, you, if you graduate from Fuller Theological Seminary and you don't have like a Presbyterian church you're in, everyone else will identify you as an evangelical. And the difference between a self-identity and a socially placed cultural uh, naming that's a huge difference. And I think a lot of us who are put in that space have to now figure out what is our personal identity in relationship to other people recognizing so us. So it sounds like how evangelical well, Can I just say, Ryan, it is on your permanent record and we have a copy of it. Yes, <laughs> that's right. There is, but we yeah. could erase that. I we think have. that's true. If you would fly us out. I could be totally wrong about that, but I have tried to shed... And, and maybe it's because you know I'm, I'm over 30, but I've tried to shed being an evangelical persistently yeah how's that gone <laughs> so i think so what you're it seems like what you're saying is for you it's descriptive and bill for you it functions more prescriptively like normative oh. theological definition yeah like and so like for you you're you you're thinking sociology yes. and bill you're thinking theology yeah and, and for me That's part great. of this because i don't fit you know i've, I've never I, I don't know what identity i'd give myself it has any kind of corresponding <laughs> tribe you know or, or, or social so I mean, it's not. Uh, yeah, and I, again, I understand. There's a lot of there's a whole group of evangelicals who are embarrassed and ashamed. Uh, I, you know, the fact that Christians are behaving badly is not a real shock to me. Yeah, and the fact that Christians have some really wrong ideas politically and theologically. You know, pick a century. You know, so, yeah. Well, this you just saw the Augustinian Pelagian debate. Christians always behave badly, <laughs> <laughs> but we can. Uh, but, but they yeah, don't but, have to. But right, um, we are. We can think better than we can act. Yes. Well, look, and if 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 there weren't roughly, I don't know, seventy five million evangelicals in America, hundred million, a third of the population, something like that. 
let's 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 just capitulate that hundred mm-hmm. million. If twenty or thirty percent of those people w- are, would be evangelicals and not are and are not conservative, we have twenty to thirty million people who could would identify in a religious movement that is unorganized and unmotivated and unactioned. There are five million members of the NRA paying members. Five million ruining this country, in my view. We have twenty to thirty million unorganized, not conservative evangelicals. It seems like nonsense to me to just basically let that become leakage into the system and have them disappear. It just, I, I just feel, as a social no, organizing like social it, I movement. I feel like we could get at least four more of them into the bunker. We couldn't give you a mic. Well, but if you're, if you're watching and you're within a mile and you're in that demographic, maybe we have two. Like, what, well, come over. And I, this is the problem how big the country is. You spread 20 million people out over this country and it's a, it's a thin, it's thin yeah. pickings, which is why you have to organize in, in different ways. You know, I think it's instructive also, though, to, to remember that this kind of, Divide has always been there. I just think the progressive evangelicals are um, don't have the microphones that they used to have. I mean, arguably before the Civil War, and again, it's hard to. But some have said that about forty percent of the country would have been under would have been considered evangelical because of the Second Great Awakening. Now, when you talk about leaders of the Second Great Awakening, that includes Timothy DeWight and Charles Fetty, and that the very I'm not a huge Finney fan. No, I'm not theologically, but in terms I'm a of Whitfield fan and <laughs> No, but fan. in terms of the social justice, I mean I like women's Edwards. rights, education, I mean child labor reform, uh yep. anti-slavery, women's rights. Yes. Uh, all the good things. All the good things. That was part of the Finney's Finney's yeah, program. No, and that, yes. Yeah. Yes. But what I'm saying And Edwards was threatening children with an angry god. Well, but Edwards also was against But slavery. that's that's like somebody once said, I heard an NPR interview about <laughs> Am Nietzsche. I wrong? There, there, there was a great NPR. You had one Edwards teaching your children to finish. Go ahead. <laughs> and they were asking these two Nietzsche scholars who were married, actually, about, uh, well, what about Nietzsche's homosexuality? And they were like, well, if that's true, that's only one of the many reasons we should admire him. That's why I said Edwards threatening children. That's one of the many reasons we should admire him. Can I say, can I just say? polyamory. Can I just say? Exactly. Bart's polyamory. Polyamory. It's all adultery. It's not polyamory. No, they lived in the house together. No, no, but it was not. It was not adultery. His wife knew about it. They all knew about each other and they cohabitated. Maybe. Maybe they were. But Nellie was not for it. I think in Do book. I, I mean, it, 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 they weren't polyamorous. Was it, it was, was just it, kind of being a dick. Wasn't it a three? Was <laughs> it, isn't, and I love You know Bart. a lot of polyamorous. But wasn't it always all no, but was, That's true. That's yeah. true. But <laughs> wasn't it a three? Okay, okay. Bart, the first polyamorous. Yeah, yes. Sorry. I well, stand, not the first. I stand, I stand correct. No, but it was in the three, first. two. Wasn't it in three, two? He says, if you can't be with the one you love. I love, love the way By the way, did you guys see the the White House correspondent when she was like doing her thing? She's like, "Hi, Joe and Mika are in the audience. Oh, great! It's like a me too that worked out." <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I did. I didn't watch any of that. I haven't heard any of that. Because, can, can I go on my rant? Well, I won't. I did on my own podcast, but my rant about the correspondence dinner. It's elitist. I, no, I hate it's the awful. idea that the press, which is supposed to be, um an expression that helps us to hold our politicians accountable 
decides one night they're going to have a big party and everybody's going to get together and be like all chummy chummy and decide they're going to pass out little uh, invitations well, see, to see that's each other. I think that's hilarious. I hate it so much. Did you watch um That's part of why Doug too. I'm making America great again. Yeah. Cause I'm, you that's why go. you should vote for me. That's why I won't go because the media elite, uh, fake news are calling up to the swamp and fake and swamp. It's makes not that a I think they're elites, Mr. President. It's because I think they should, I think we should not mix our corn into our mashed potatoes, if you know Wait, what I'm Wait, first of all, I don't ever, but I only get steak and potatoes <laughs> and chocolate cake with a, second of all, uh, I, you know, I, I'm a paranoid. No collusion. So I, no collusion. No collusion. No collusion. And also, Mueller is like McCain. He's better than McCain because he never got captured. He got shot. I prefer shot over captured. But he's still bad. And we know That's Devin Nunez said everything is fine. And Paul Ryan is my bitch. And we all know things are good. It's you should vote for me because I'm making America great again because I didn't go to the dinner that you don't uh, like. It, it is, it Wait, is one of did my you see the post? You know what's funny? I just candidate. tried to do stream of consciousness. It's like, what does uh, Jack Nicholson say? This is misogynist, but they're like, how do you write women? I take away reason and accountability, which is misogynist. But that mm-hmm. is how you do mm-hmm. Trump. You do a good Trump. Oh, I you see. take away reason, reason and, and accountability. accountability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you just like if you want to now I don't have the voice down yet, but the thought process is yeah. just take away reason and accountability and then you can get it on. Yeah. There we go. That's the bourbon. Um but, <laughs> it's right. It's, it's a not real gift. Bourbon. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's whiskey. Whiskey. But um all whiskeys, this is our stuff. This is like the all whiskeys. All ryes are whiskeys. But not all. But all whiskeys are, are not, not ryes. Oh, here we, yeah. Um, when you were saying about the, I actually agree with you about the, 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 uh, the annual. The correspondence. Yeah, yeah. correspondence. Did you see The Post? The movie oh. The Post? Was oh, the yeah, the movie yeah, The Post, yeah. yes. I have not seen it. And there was a scene there where, where uh, yeah. the Bill Bradley character realizes that his good friend, Jack Kennedy, who, you know, this picture of them on the yep. mantle, had lied about Vietnam. Yep. And at one point he goes, never again can we be this close. Yeah. And there was a period of time, I mean, where the press was in bed, if you would, with yep. uh, with the presidency. And I guess, you know, at least one network is that way now. I mean, in some levels it's a reversion. And and, and more than a reversion, it's like, it's like uh, you know, it's like North Carolina or mm-hmm. North Korea. North Carolina, North Korea, same thing. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I love North Carolina. North Korea, you know, the news agency there. Uh, but um, no, I, I think there's something really. Yeah. The idea of it being the fourth estate. Yes. And there being a separation there, I think. Actually, I think there should be. And and yeah, I, I agree. I, mean, I watch a lot of news. I watch too much news, and I follow people, you know, and have a media crush on. Uh, Mimi Roca and all this, but I will tell you the, the the number of people who have to make their living off of their access to politicians, especially their access to the Trump administration, and what they won't do is ever jeopardize that that um, that accessibility. Yeah, they they run a really th- they're, they're running a really thin line of serving their own professional needs. Because there's stuff they won't say, won't report on, won't slant, because they want to make sure. 
that they're not going to be kicked out of the press corps the, or the, their phone calls don't get returned is, and or you, they get on the outs. And you've said, and this is a real problem. I've heard you say multiple times, undisclosed sources are problems because you, yeah. you, you court these sources and they do give you good intel, but, but also it, it, it gives people ammunition for it. it's fake news. Cause they well, want yeah. To, well, and, and you know, but Michelle that Wolf at the white house correspondence, which dinner, which you guys are against and I'm for, cause it's funny. Some of it, she's like, um, you guys say you hate him. Did you used to date him? It seems like you love him, and he makes you rich. Yeah, then she did this. Let's do this thing. He doesn't have any money. He's so broke, he can't sell vodka or Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do think you know. That's I mean, Scarborough stuff. and I probably morning, should watch it. Morning, <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, Morning Joe, who've kind of made their you know break with Trump, and that's kind of been their thing. I mean, I saw uh, Scarborough tweet today. Best, you know, we've had our best year ever, ratings-wise. Yeah. And there's something about that, you know. Again, yeah, and Trump brings that up all the time. It's giving you guys great that worked out. We will never, you know, Edward, you know, bring back Edward Armero. Long may he live. But, yeah. you know, but that's it's a different day. It couldn't happen anymore. But I, uh, I think um, as much as I support the investigative re- journalism. Yes, I do too. And its importance, the there's still that uneasy alliance. I'm really uneasy with it. That they'll yeah. say like my sources or I texted this person, I talked to them. Like you, you know that they're courting. I watch it happen on news shows because I watch far too much. Yeah. Like I record them and Nicole, download do them want? and watch okay, them later. Let's, ra- let's just do a quick rating. Let's just do a quick rating. Like MSNBC, what's the best show? Oh uh I really like the eleventh hour. You know why? Because Mimi Roca's on it. No, I really do I don't like watch the Eleventh Hour. I like, I like the Eleventh. I like Brian Wallace. I, I like it. I like it a lot. I like. I like when Brian Wallace or and Nicole and, and um, uh, Rachel Maddow are together. Like when they were covering the, the uh, like Republican the convention, yeah, yeah. and Scott Baio comes out. We yeah. just saw Scott Baio. Um, his most famous credit is from when Joni loves stop. Chachi. Yeah, <laughs> streaming stop for some reason. Oh no, yeah, something going on. We, did we lose broadband? Well, I, you know, I think... Uh, oh, just, we're back. We're back. The, the internet just shut us off. <laughs> it just said no. That's yeah. it. That's I, it. But it, I, it. I do love what he says. Uh, we just saw Scott Baio. Uh, most famous credit. Joni <laughs> loves Chachi. Chachi. Like, I, I love seeing He's Ryan Wayne. Like, He's wicked he, fast. He's wicked fast. He's a genius. You know who I think tries to be most fair? Okay, Ryan Pryor says Chris Hayes. Who do you think is fair? Todd. Ch- Chuck oh, Todd. Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd tries to be the Let fair. me also say he was also fair on Fox News. Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace Fox tries to be News fair. Sunday yeah. is as fair uh, as any of the, you know, like, on Sunday shows, they show up. I mean, they often talk about uh, the Washington Bureau is different on Fox than yeah. what's going yeah. on. The other. Yeah, the yeah. News Bureau. No. And so is Fox and Friends. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. You know, the problem that MSNBC has, it doesn't have a separation between their entertainment news and their true reporter news yeah right where fox actually does have that like you could say mike wallace is doing a real reporter and fox fox has gotten better at that actually the mm-hmm. they've done the opposite like they've gone less right. personality driven yeah i think that's fair there's nothing on msnbc that is not uh opposed to trump i, I watch every show on there there is nothing on there that is not anti-Trump. That's like that guy that from NPR that wrote that book about like yeah, the, the Trump plan. Yeah, yeah, the president of NPR, the former president. Yeah, and he yeah. said, you know, like he looked one day at like the Washington Post and looked at all twenty-one stories that mentioned Trump, 
and they were all negative. And he said, no, any one of them individually is defensible. Yeah. But all 21, like, it, it's yeah. one of these things, it's, it, it, it's too ideological. It is. It is an MSNBC. This is why I'm on. And the- I think CNN, actually, too. Like, I, there's nothing on CNN I couldn't and watch. That- and I just actually think because Donald Trump is a total raging disaster. Right. And that any honest reporter is going to be anti-Trump. But it's I watch really the, a- I watch the five on Fox every day. But, but I think it's a problem that they don't have opinion columnists on the like yeah I, I think the reason msnbc is anti-trump and cnn is because i think they're doing kind of newsy shows they don't have an opinion piece that someone is being pro-trump and i think that's really a problem well, and they think they have balance because they have the all never trump republicans and, and also the new york oh, Times. that's right yeah. right if they have, like if they have a republican on, or yeah. you go or steve schmidt but i think who new i new love steve schmidt steve i schmidt. love steve schmidt although yeah. he's always like he he always makes the wrong predictions. Chuck Schumer is going to be the yeah. Senate. No, <laughs> no, well, no. And don't forget that it was Steve Schmidt who talked John McCain into picking Sarah Palin. Yeah, yeah, yeah that he, was him. <laughs> and now he gets out there and gets all indignant I'm, about this kind of tribal. Yeah, it's a, like, that's a, I mean that's a million years in purgatory for that alone. By the way, Jeff, it's true, Clark, but he should apologize before he, he starts been. as the guy who convinced uh, John McCain to pick Sarah Palin, and then he should launch in. Yeah. Yeah. I, thought, I thought that was Woody Harrelson who did that. You've got <laughs> Jeffrey confused. Carter from Between the movies. But he, he killed himself in, in that, that, that movie last year. So if he watches, that was Fox. the end of it. No, the three, uh, yeah, the three, the three billboards. billboards. That's a great movie. What a great movie! Great movie. Yeah. Jeffrey Carter from California says if he watched, if he my watches, soul evaporates. But I do watch the five every day. I, is that? I don't you think do. that's uh, Jeffrey. Why my, my wife calls it the libido killer, Jeffrey? Uh, I don't think that's physically you know, impossible. Yours or hers? Hers. Oh, I mean, I kind of like. I kind of like. I I watch a lot of Fox News. I mean, I, I like. I try to watch as much of it as I can. Now, can I, and I can testify because he calls me and tells me about yeah. it. Why? I, I want to see what they're saying. I want talk to Adam. Call Adam every day and get a little get a little touch in. Adam Schindler, our guy. I could do that. Yeah. I mean, if, I don't know Adam. A- Adam should write up a little email for us about the How stuff often we need. You talk to Adam on the phone. Oh, I text with Adam. Uh, I try to text every couple of weeks. We're we're trying to put another little podcast together. You um, should get Bill in on that. We're going to do another one. Yeah, we're we're going to do one. We're going to do a politics podcast where there's truly people across the board uh, on these different on these different opinions. Problem is, could all I of my fr- could all I of my be friends Trump? Are... Can I be Trump on it? Okay, here's the thing we're doing in we China. Just, we just call you. Okay, that doesn't count. I walk myself back. No, 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 that's no. That's three. <laughs> all right, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, I. Hey, can I tell you why I'm in town? Yes, tell us why you're yeah, in town. Tell us about I was part of an of a protest and a direct action today. And uh, for some people don't know, I didn't know this five years ago, that in protest language, something called uh, a direct action, also sometimes called civil disobedience, a CD or a DA, direct action, is when you're- There's also going to be cross-dresser and district attorney. <laughs> but in this world, uh, they have they have particular meetings to them, which I've had to learn because there are so many other- Exactly. So many That's other the versions. first thing we used to CDDA, I thought cross-dresser, district attorney. <clears throat> or CCDA. And I thought of the DA prosecuting the cross-dresser. So when you do a, a, a civil disobedience or a direct action, you're going, you're intentionally wanting to interface with law enforcement. Most often we do our, the ones that I've participated in have all been nonviolent civil disobedience, direct actions. And we want to interact with the, uh, with law enforcement in order to be punished according to 
uh, law enforcement. This goes back to the MLK in, tradition in order to, to show, show the injustice of to the laws. show the injustice yeah. of the laws. So that's what you're trying intentionally trying to do. So today there was a rally and then a legal march that was permitted and the police drove ahead of us and all. And we were asking for uh, uh, Senator Toomey, Senator here from Pennsylvania, to support a particular bill that's before the Senate to ban assault weapons. That was the demand. So we're, it's called demand. The ban is the is the is the is the name. So we were doing this uh, thing. We're out there asking for a particular action to take place for some very particular reasons. And then some of us, thirty or so, thirty-two or thirty-six, um, participated in a direct action, civil disobedience, and uh, uh, blocked entries and sat down, and then were um, uh, forcibly removed by the by the police and homeland security from a federal piece of property. And, uh, was, uh, and the then we're home in there, Carrie. Uh... No, Carrie, I was looking for her, though. Saul. Saul <laughs> There's no Saul. It was none <laughs> of that stuff. You, know, you, you weren't you, like you know... that guy in the episode. Like, you were like, hey, you're all right. I'm, we're going to yeah. sell it. I, I do watch that show. So that was all running through my head. And now I feel like I'm that, that guy in the bunker that's running around, running from the FBI. Uh, have you watched in the season? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. It's yes. so great. So great. It's hey, such a FBI. Good Doug's um, not here. Yeah. Um, but one of the people who was working with Homeland Security and was standing uh, a watch over us, uh, I said, so who, who do you work for? And he said, I work for such and such a contractor. So he, I said, oh, you're like, you're a mercenary. And he goes, well, yeah, if that's what you want to call it. But he's a contractor, works for a private company whose contract is with Homeland Security to be a version of law enforcement. In our own country, we have private Contractors, because if that, because if giving he, guns and legal authority, because if then if then he does something that's off book, it's it's not. On he's the government, just a contractor. contractor. It wasn't Homeland Security. We can cut the contract. It's seriously disturbing. That's a big I'm threat to our you, democracy. It's huge. really that's, it's really disturbing. It's right here in Philadelphia, right down there. While we were standing there, there was like bird and wildlife people, Homeland Security, uh, Philly police. Some other federal agents, these contractors, all milling around together, four or five different agencies, all milling together. So anyway, we got arrested. We uh, demanded the ban. Senator Toomey's uh, office said they wouldn't meet with all of us, so they didn't meet with any of us. And uh, and Toomey was in D.C.? Yeah, his staff, is, he wasn't even here. Uh, his staff was uh, was in contact with him. And, uh, and we could, there's, there's ways you can, I don't know if you know this, but you can talk to someone without being in the same room. It's an interesting thing you can do now, Senator well, Toomey. Also, also, we could actually talk to you without you being in the room. I mean, if you want to pull up FaceTime or phones. something, yeah, you could pick you up a pick you up an iPhone, something like that. We could have a little FaceTime chat. Like it's it's just so ridiculous. Oh, the senator's not here. Can't possibly talk to. Or you. like when you were building your own chair, I said, "Doug, is the soup warm enough?" <laughs> I was in a different room, but we still talked. That's true. You did yell down from the uh, from the Doug kitchen. finished building my. I almost finished building Doug's well, chair. I, you, 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 you really did. I just tightened up a couple of screws. You had a screw loose, tightened it up. So, do you feel like today it was worth it? It was to do Here, it. Here's why. So, one of the officers who was mocking us as they do, um, uh, well, we were we we were taken away and put into a van, uh, a big bus uh, owned by the sheriff's department. Oh, the sheriff's were, the sheriff was involved too. There were police on bicycles and horseback. Philly, like, just, you, just get a load of this. This I'll is a group what, of people has asking good uniforms, right? Like, ask, did you see the uniforms? <laughs> it's like a Cub Scout brigade to me. No, but some I, I don't, of them I don't have think these highly of the police. It's really hard for me. I, I, I just don't think highly of them. Um, 
So I'm 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 I'm, I'm irrationally. Uh, yeah, because I I've got a couple I've got a couple in my church. They're good people. I'm sure they're good people. Yeah. Alan, Alan Jacobs' uh, book, which I recommend for everybody, How to Think, a guide for thinking in turbulent times, says, name your repugnancies regularly. So, like, that's one of your repugnancies. The police, like, it, there's an yeah, emotional it's, reaction. It's not that I and don't so think you there's... you know you're cataloging your own emotional reaction. Yeah, there's it's, some good apples in every barrel. Absolutely. I don't think that they're all... I don't, I, of course there's some good apples in every barrel. I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about the role they play, the system that they're in, the, 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 the pressures put upon them. Sure. This is, it's a, it's a really broken system. So one of them who, and I've been involved with a lot of police, uh, uh, you know, was berating, uh, uh, challenging. What good do you think this actually does? So we're having this conversation with one of the, one of the, uh, uh, police in the sheriff's bus. And he was asking this question, basically like, why didn't you just do your rally and then go? Why do you have to do this? Like, why get arrested? So we're hey, trying to so, explain so to him why let, Andy was interrupting and berating. Let's just watch, let's just watch and, a PBS um, documentary about the civil uh, rights, was, like eighth grade. You it see? was shocking. And people, t- we brought that up and he said, that's not what changed civil rights. That's not what changed Vietnam War. That's not how it works. That's not, it was just, it was unbelievable. Um, but anyway, so it's a really good question. I've had I the question. Stand behind I still have that the officer's narrative. It's three. That was the, my third. <laughs> yeah, I officially three. did that. I officially, that was my official third. But but uh, I I don't know you know I really believe you have to ch- you have to win the argument before you can presume to win the vote yeah and I think on assault rifles uh, we have not won the argument in this country those of us who think the way I do so you try to get out there and use every means possible and try to raise awareness and frankly and this is sort of sad more people will pay attention for a brief moment. If the photo of me is being carried by five police officers into a sheriff's bus than if I'm just many, standing how many guys holding a sign. to carry Claiborne? Because you're a bigger guy than him. Well, of the 32 or 36 people that were arrested, my wife asked me, oh, how many other people were carried? Doug Padgett, baby. Zero. Were you like, here's I my was, bad hip? I was were the, you like, here's I, my bad hip? I did, not, I did not pull my ageism on him. <laughs> no, I just said, um, I'm unwilling to support you in bringing an end to my redress to the government. I'm, I'm not going to help you do that. If you want me to stop demanding that I can use my First Amendment constitutional right to redress my, my government, um, I'm not going to support you in that. And you can arrest me. You can, you can um, carry me. You can do whatever you have to but do. But you'll do the time for the crime because you think it's a bullshit crime. Okay, Beretta. Yeah, I could totally do <laughs> Beretta. the time. Beretta. That's a good Beretta. So, yeah. okay, so I want to make a statement so that was it. and ask a question. Yeah. So first of all, I want to say demand the ban, right? Demand the ban. Demand the ban. And I think that, yeah, I, I think that that Wearing kind of exercise is powerful, helpful, important. My, I was supposed to say, my father, born and raised in West Virginia, a hunter, owns many guns. This is if I know what story you're going to tell, and this is amazing. No, Are you going to tell about the lock? Which which one? The one? Oh no, I'm not gonna tell that. One. No, you have to tell that one. I, I, no, but I've told that before online. But I'm just saying, he thinks assault rifles are totally insane. He says no, no one needs an assault rifle. Yeah, and uh, they should be regulated. He says no law-abiding person. First of all, no law-abiding person needs one. Secondly, yeah. uh, so I mean, it's a reasonable. The majority of people agree with this position. Yeah, 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 and it's and it's a little shocking that. Um, assault rifles. I have a lot of rye in my throat right now. <clears throat> that a lot, um, 
I should have drank that last that last, that last swallow. <laughs> I got all fired up about getting arrested. Uh, it's it's a little shocking that people will hold a view that we should not have assault rifles. You guys should talk for a minute. I got to drink something. Get this out of my throat. <laughs> Bill, no, can you uh, tell the story about your dad though. He bought he did buy an assault handgun. Wait, well, no, he bought a, uh, a he Glock. bought he, right. he bought a handgun with a laser. It's like those guns that it's the backup. Because he was afraid that somebody might. They got well, robbed. They, they got robbed. But my dad has a principle: you never keep a loaded gun in the house. So he had he kept the gun in a safe unloaded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because in case the burglar came in, this is a Trump voter that has a good guns. <laughs> but he's, by the way, he's a repentant. Oh, yeah, he's a, a repentant Trump voter. He's a repentant. You know, he thinks he's, he, he's totally disgusted with you him. You know what I heard today from somebody? Uh, Rachel Maddow, big gun supporter. Oh, she likes guns. Big yeah. gun nut. Her first, so, her first so date you can't with her girlfriend. these people. Her first date with her girlfriend was Ladies' Day at the gun range, and they yeah. shot guns together. So. Yeah, well, just, that's many of us. That's many well, of our first Last night, dates. we went and yeah. picked up a... Um, well, one of the people that were with us in this action are people that uh, do a thing called raw tools. It's war backward. I didn't know that till today, raw. Um, but they cut down um, guns. Bill just they, confirmed. For those yeah. of you who are not watching last year, Bill <laughs> just a, did. I'm a little, he, was, he was like, wait, it is. I, I could be, be a little dyslexic. He does confirm it is toxic. He was checking I, I the I could be a little dyslexic. That. There's yes, one vowel, the two consonants. You flip the consonants. Fair enough. No, I like it. Keep the A. Um, wait a minute, I'm counting just now. Flip the. Uh, By the way, from California, Doug. Doug is the man. Thank yeah. you, Jeffrey Carter. Um, hey, uh, so so anyway, these people do this really great sort of prophetic mm-hmm. uh, action where they take a gun, they melt down the metal, and they turn it into a, a usable farm Death. utensil. Literally, literally, literally. right there. The... So we turned part of an AR-15. Into a, a tool with a with a wooden handle and spike uh, two spikes on one end and a digging tool on the other and turn into that as an act to say you know beauty to, from from ashes to beauty and our beauty from ashes and swords uh, into plowshares swords into plowshares and, and also Sarah Huckabee has a great smoky eye so, so <laughs> she does consistent that was part of the Michelle Wolf thing yeah, she was like smoky so she, she has a perfect smoky I, eye I, it's like she takes facts and burns them I, into ashes and makes a perfect smoky eye. <laughs> I actually think swords into plowshare is a great idea to kind of wind us down. To. Yeah, but I want to ask you guys one question, each of you, as people who are who are both evangelical in your own ways. Uh, so, what would you say, each of you, is the thing that defines the Christian thing? Like, if you had to say one or two. Tweetish or a tweet, like if you had to put a tweet out, this is what makes Christianity distinct. Yeah. What would it be? All right, let me go first because I think you should have the final word. Oh, love it. Um, Jesus Christ was a revelation of God. Mm. That's a short tweet. You have, wait, they doubled it to 360. You uh, more. All, right. All right, Doug, you get Bill's remaining tweet characters. Uh, I think the distinct quality of the Christian story is full inclusion. Uh, Jesus's statement the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. I think full inclusion without. Uh, consideration or demand is the ultimate Christian story. I love it. I love it. Jesus, full inclusion. I would add grace, like the the yeah. sense, sense that like there's always a second, third, forty ninth, nine hundred ninety nine, seven times seven, seventy times seven. 
So, uh, thanks, friends. Hang, hang on, I'm going to do the math. 70. <laughs> we got to do this more remotely, maybe. Yeah, no, it was great being uh, with this you. Is, uh, this, is, this is great. And, and thanks uh, for coming to our city, and thanks for, for, for working for the kingdom. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Amen right. to that, brothers. Stay right. in the van. God bless right, so. everybody. Good night. God bless. <laughs> Touch you.